welcome aspiring and advancing Stoics to another episode of Meet the Modern Stoics. This is where today's leading Stoic advocates share ancient wisdom that you can apply for better living today. I'm your host, Scott Perry, creator of thestoicguitarist.com. Get guided and go Stoic. Adopt the posture of a bulletproof creative, the mindset of a thriving artist, and deliver better work to the right people. Remember that Stoicism is a philosophy of action, not navel-gazing. Listen to the wisdom delivered in this episode, and then apply it to your life, your work, and relationships today. Let's meet today's guest. Welcome, aspiring and advancing Stoics, to today's broadcast of Meet the Modern Stoics. Our guest today is William Ferriolo. Welcome to the broadcast, William. Please uh, introduce yourself to uh, the folks here and maybe share the Stoic-related project that you're working on right now or the one that you're most excited about. Sure, happy to do it. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for having uh, this podcast, uh, this series, and for inviting me to be a part of it. Although, um, I got to say, I have a slight bone to pick with you. Okay. Uh, you know how stand-up comics don't like to follow better stand-up comics? Well, for stand-up philosophers, <laughs> it's kind of the same. And you've got me following a murderer's row of the best, <laughs> the best, smartest Stoics on planet Earth. You got, um, you got Donald Robertson, Massimo Piliucci, Chris Gill. Uh, last week you had Lawrence Becker. You got Gregory Sadler, and then this guy that no one's ever heard of. So <laughs> I feel a little intimidated. We're all we're all somebody to somebody, William. And um, I just the, the honest to God truth is I got super super lucky. I just the whole so Meet the Modern Stoics started off as kind of an additional broadcast to something that was happening in my private Facebook group for members of my site called Live from the Painted Porch. And I was just bringing on guests in all sorts of domains, and I came up with this idea of asking my favorite Stoic authors to come on as a special Meet the Modern Stoics. And the first five people I asked, or the first four people I asked were the four you just mentioned, and they all said yes. I don't know why, because I mean, talking about nobodies. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you got a pretty good lineup there. Those are smart dudes. Oh, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's more goodness uh, coming in in the lineup. But we, uh, you know, just in all fairness, we are very pleased to have you. And uh, (laughs) I have been, um, I particularly have enjoyed uh, our, our getting introduced you. And social media on the Stoic Guitarist, uh, Modern Stoic Guitarist Facebook group, but also um, more recently in our own exchanges. And uh, in term, so the others are better known, William, but you are certainly the most self-deprecating and funny. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll see what you think after this is over. But uh, you asked me about the, the Stoic project I'm involved with. Um, I'm trying to make a very, very small contribution um, to what William O. Stevens back in 2000, 2001 termed the rebirth of Stoicism. There's been this Stoic resurgence since, uh, I, would, I would say one, one good starting point uh, would be uh, the publication of uh, A New Stoicism by uh, Lawrence Becker, previous guest of yours. It's being reissued, by the way. I don't know if you can read this. And I know it's backwards. Um, that came out in 1998. And interestingly, um, this guy is not a philosopher, Tom Wolfe, but he's a novelist. And A Man in Full also came out in 1998. This is a Stoic-themed novel. We've got uh, two protagonists who sort of end up being Stoic. And then you've got William O. Stevens writing about it a couple of years later. 
since then, there's been an avalanche of really, really good stoic work. And uh, I just want to share with your viewers just a taste of it. If you're just getting interested in stoicism, um, you can't do much better in terms of contemporary sources than reading these guys. Uh, Donald Robertson, one of your previous guests, he's got three books about stoicism out there. This is my personal favorite. Uh, the Philosophy of Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. He's also got the Build Your Resilience and the Art of Happiness. Um, You've got uh, Tom Morris, the Thoic Art of Living. He uh, also wrote an endorsement for my book. Uh, very nice guy, very smart guy. You got John Sellers. If you can get him on your show, uh, that would be a good get. Really smart guy, the, uh, the Art of Living, John Sellers. Keith said, and here's one that does not get enough appreciation. I think uh, Donald mentioned on the Facebook group, it doesn't get enough appreciation. Stoic Serenity from uh, Keith Seddon, very good book. William Irvine, one of the best modern introductions is uh, A Guide to the Good Life from William Irvine. If you can get him on your show, that would be great too. Really smart guy. And of course, just recently, just what, two months ago, How to Be a Stoic by Massimo himself, Massimo the Wise, Massimo Pilucci, who also, by the way, wrote an endorsement for my book. But uh, I would hold the book up even if he had, and he's a really smart dude. So you've got all of that going on, and there are many, many more sources that I, I could share with you and your viewers. Uh, and then, look, watch this one. This one's, look, this one's not backward. My, uh, my wife, Jenny, and my stepdaughter, Rachel, managed to uh, produce a backward picture of the copy of my book. <laughs> so I, I'm not, my alacrity with computers is, is pathetic. So uh, they did this for me just so people would be able to see it right side up front side, front side, front and so on. So yeah, my book is called uh, Meditations on Self-Discipline and Failure, uh, Stoic Exercise for Mental Fitness. And it started out just as a, a journal for my own, uh, my own use. Oh, I skipped one. Wait, don't forget the Daily Stoic. Yeah. Ryan Holiday, Stephen Hanselman. Um, I was just writing a journal. I've been kind of uh, deeply interested in Stoicism since about my mid-30s. I'm 48 now, so it's, it's been a good long while. And uh, last year, uh, after going through Marcus Aurelius's meditations one more time, it occurred to me that this was, this was a good exercise. You know, in the evening and in the morning, write down my thoughts about what's important, what kind of man I want to be, what kind of person I want to be, uh, what's to be pursued, what's to be avoided. And so I started doing this, and um, uh, it, <laughs> it became pretty, pretty rapid. It became a journal of my, my many, many flaws and failures and uh, what I ought to do to correct them and how I was failing to correct them repeatedly. So uh, it, it kind of turned into um, a sufficient number of, of meditations, a sufficient number of, of these thoughts and ruminations that I thought I had um, potentially a valuable resource for other people. And there is one difference between, uh, between my book and the other books that I've just shown you. These philosophers and, and the other academics, they do a great job of detailing the history and evolution of Stoicism, of explaining Stoic theory and its various applications. Um, my book doesn't do any of that. Um, my, my book is not about Stoic practice and Stoic exercise. It, it is uh, a Stoic exercise. It is a, just a journal in much the same way you would read Marcus Aurelius' Meditations. You're just reading along with me my thoughts about uh, various contemporary issues, various events that are transpiring. And um, it's written in second person, so my hope is to kind of draw the reader in. You know, you're constantly reading the word, you did this, and, and you failed to do that. And, um, 
hopefully there are enough people out there who are, uh, you know, as pathetic as me that they'll, <laughs> they'll find themselves somewhere in those pages. So uh, that's what I've been, that's what I've been up to. So, yeah, I've noted, I noted that your, your book did have um, some really uh, nice things were said by Massimo and others. I love the, the stoic resources that, uh, that you shared. Those are all books um, that I have either read or are in my pile. Um, uh, another good one that you didn't mention that I'll just throw out there is Jules Evans' book, um, oh, which yeah. I don't recall the uh, title, but uh, it's right here. Paper, life and Other Dangerous Situations. Yeah. I've got that one too, yeah. Yeah, that's an, another really uh, insightful resource. So, and William Irvine is definitely, uh, he, so my my experience with stoicism began as a seventh grader in in a latin classroom um and wow. i actually took i took all four years of latin that were available to me in uh junior high and high school um was the geeky little kid that won the latin prize every year um <laughs> and my 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 teacher for three of those three of the four of those years gifted me at my graduation his copy of Marcus Aurelius's meditation. So that was kind of my introduction. And uh, I became a lap stoic sometime after I graduated from college. It was a book I read kind of annually into my young adulthood. When I came back to it, um, it was Ryan Holiday's Obstacles Away first, followed by William Irvine's book, followed by Donald's uh, The Art of Living. Uh, um, or the art of happiness book. And so it was kind of like a increasingly deep uh, dive back into to stoicism. Um, and each of those books is, has been really impactful to me and uh, is, is definitely a worthy read in its own right. So if I can, if I can track down William and uh, I, I've spoken to John Sellers and I believe he will be on the podcast. We just haven't um, nailed down a date yet, but uh, William, I would definitely love to have. And um, the other name that you mentioned was Kevin Keith. or Keith, Keith. Keith said, yeah. Yeah, if you maybe when uh, we're all done, if you have a, a contact for him, I'd love to get in touch with with him as well. Um, I, we might be might be friends on Facebook or might have connection on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll see if I got okay. it. Yeah. Awesome. So, and I love I, I love the, the format of your book. Um, we talk about this quite a bit in the, the members only Facebook group uh, for members of the Um That group is called the Painted Porch, and it frequently frequently comes up, what are people doing for journaling? And for me, it's, it's I, I have to keep it very short and sweet, otherwise it becomes too much of an onerous task. So I do three gratitudes first thing in the morning and I try to keep them very basic the way that uh, Marcus Aurelius does, like, you know, grateful for my parents or grateful for running water or, uh, you know, indoor toilets. Um, and then uh, I, I put a, a brief to-do list and I always asterisk the one thing that I must do to, to move the ball forward in my work. And then uh, at the end, I do, um, at the end of the day, I just do a quick recap and I, I write down one thing that went well, one thing that didn't go well, and then whatever lesson I, I learned, you know, from my, uh, from my interactions or my activity that day. And, and there are many people that are doing uh, similar. So um, let's talk about stoicism a little bit more. And uh, just, you know, two, two guys that are um, 
maybe uh, dabbling in, in stoicism and not, not full-blown academic experts. Uh, one of the things that, I'm, I'm sorry. I am vaguely an academic, but. <laughs> oh, that, I'm sorry, that's right. You're, you're no, a professor. Okay. I'm not an expert, I'm not. I, I, I'll just make you, a joke there. Go ahead. Go you're, ahead. Um, well, let's, uh, let's unpack that for a second. You are a professor of philosophy. Tell us where you're teaching and, and what specific, um, exp, you know, what, what's your area of interest in, in philosophy? Yeah, I, uh, I teach at San Joaquin Delta College in Stockton, California, and just live up the road in Lodi. Um, I've been there for 20 years. I was hired in 1997. Uh, yeah, I was 28 when I got hired. So um, I... I don't actually teach any courses on Stoicism or Hellenistic philosophy, any of the related uh, related areas. That's that's uh, not really up to me, and I kind of you know I, I accept that with stoic resignation. <laughs> not much I can do about it. But uh, I'll I'll typically have you know anywhere from um, I don't know three hundred to six hundred students uh, per year, sometimes more than that. Um, my interest in Stoicism, I, you know, when I came out of graduate school, uh, my dissertation was, was in metaphysics. I was, I was trying to reconcile a, a version of metaphysical realism with a version of conceptual relativity, none of which has much to do with Stoicism. My, my interest in Stoicism really grows out of uh, my own, um, <laughs> my own uh, psychological malfunctions. I, uh, I have a kind of a semi-severe anxiety disorder that I inherited from my dad and um, both of my brothers also inherited it. Um, so, you know, I, I needed something that sort of helped me manage my temper. Uh, I was never much of a good sleeper. Uh, I always had a hard time turning my mind off. And um, uh, my, my, after the last interview I did, I actually talked to my, my mom about this and she, she suggested I should mention the fact that uh, my brother, Vinny, my middle brother, um, we're an Italian family from New Jersey, so we have to have one kid named Vinny. It's, it's the law. Um, on January 3rd in 2014, uh, Vinny killed himself. Christ. And it was, I, there are good reasons to suspect it was largely due to this, this problem that you know, we all suffer from. Um, and, you know, getting through that, uh, understanding some of the, the causes for that and, um, and, uh, you know, putting one foot in front of the other after a loss like that. Um, uh, had I not discovered stoicism previously, I, I don't know how that would have worked out. And, uh, uh, I, well, my interest is due to, I, my primary interest is in the sort of uh, cognitive behavioral applications of stoicism uh, started off wanting to apply those to myself and hopefully I can sort of encourage others uh, who suffer from similar sort of problems and really anyone we, we all probably get angry more often than they do we probably are anxious more often than we should be. Um, I'm hoping to encourage people to at least explore stoicism as uh, at least part of a, a, a system of management of just the, you know, the troubles that are endemic to the human condition that we all, you know, we all uh, have to face.
Well, did that answer your question? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, uh, I'm deeply sorry about the loss um, of your brother, and and I, I come from a family um, where uh, the family history and the lineage uh, includes a, a, a large percentage uh, of of um, my immediate family suffers from some sort of depression, bipolar disorder, or, or something yeah. uh, similar. There's, you know, a, a fair um, amount of, um, you know, substance abuse and that that sort of thing. And my uh, that was one of the the reasons why I was drawn. That it, it seemed like there was this some ancient psychological uh, uh, practices and approaches to dealing with you know, dealing with some serious, you know, kind of mental health and or, um, you know, lifestyle issues. And that's, I mean, stoicism is powerful medicine. It has a lot of that's kind of, I mean, before there was psychology, philosophy kind of incorporated that in, in many of the Hellenistic schools. And so both of us probably have this sense that stoicism is, is, is definitely has some answers for how to experience more flourishing and thriving in the modern world. Um, and in, for some, it's, it's the silver bullet. You know, I think I often find that people that are in search of tranquility and are turning to ancient practices. Many of them look to Buddhism, right. and some of them find what they need there. And then, uh, and so they 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 practice some sort of Buddhist meditation, and and maybe they connect with the Buddhist text. And my wife is actually um, meditates and does so, uh, you know, through like a Buddhist approach. Um, yeah. And I try. I've tried mightily to be a Buddhist. <laughs> many times in my life and failed every time. And it wasn't until I reconnected with stoicism and brought that kind of mindfulness practice into my life um, that I found what I needed to, just as you said, manage anger and, um, uh, you know, manage the, the vicissitudes of life. So if you were to try, if you were advocating or proselytizing the stoic, uh, you know, method, yeah. method, to somebody that was uninitiated, what, how, would you, how would you begin that conversation? How would you introduce stoicism to somebody? Or if somebody asks you, what, what's the stoicism stuff that you're always you know, kind of banging on about and why should I be interested? Here's a, here's a simple framework. Um, it's, uh, I, I published a paper about this, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 years ago. I, I developed something that I call the IDEA method, the idea method. And um, here's, here's a brief synopsis of it. I stands for identify the real issue, the, the real problem you're having. And we tend to misidentify the issue. We tend to look outside of ourselves. You know, the issue is I'm having this uh, conflict at work, or the issue is my kids won't behave, or the issue is I've got a problem with, with money, etc. Well, given that none of those things are within your direct control, um, it's worth considering the possibility that the issue is not what's going on at work. The issue is your emotional and psychological reaction to what is going on at work, and perhaps your mismanagement of it, your failure to uh, approach it in a rational fashion rather than uh, in an emotional or knee-jerk fashion. So first, identify what the real problem is, and I recommend looking inside, which brings us to the second step, 
the D from the IDEA method uh, refers to distinguishing between what Stoics call internals and what they refer to as externals. And the simplest way to do this um, is to think of internals as those conditions that you can will just by choosing that it is to be so. Like I can decide I'm not going to lie. I can decide I'm not going to commit adultery. I can decide I'm, I will behave thus and so, um, or I will focus on this rather than on that. Anything that does not directly respond to the exertion of my will is an external, even my own body. I mean, you know, if, if, if it were up to me, would I, would I look like this? <laughs> no, no one would choose this, right? Um, and we age whether we like it or not. We, uh, you know, we get sick whether we like it or not. And of course, the external world, other persons and the environment and the world of politics and economics can't control any of that stuff. So um, distinguish carefully. If, if right now you and I are having this interview, right? What is within my control in this context? Nothing that you do or say. Uh, nothing that the viewers experience in response to this. Some people might watch this and think I'm a dope. Some people might watch this and, you know, think I'm wonderful and anything in between. I have no control over that. I can only control my best attempt to give you reasonably coherent, responsive answers to your questions. And indeed, even in that case, even these words that are coming out of my mouth, really not entirely strictly within my control. If I suddenly develop laryngitis, I won't be able to say these things. If I suddenly have an aneurysm or, you know, the, the, speech, uh, the, the speech area of my brain shuts down, I, but my will, my, my attempt to be reasonable, that's within my control. E stands for exert effort where it can be effective. I can't make you think anything. I can't make you feel anything. Um, I can't make you, you know, I can't manipulate those objects I see behind you. I, what I can do is I can exert my best effort to be reasonable, to uh, remain calm, even though this is the kind of experience that could make one anxious, to remind myself that I'm just having a conversation with another person and, you know, there's really nothing especially frightening about that. I can exert effort with respect to my will, my desires, my intentions, my expectations, right? If I came into this thinking, oh, I'm going to have an interview with the stoic guitarist guy and a million people are going to see it. My book's going to be a bestseller. Uh, that would be irrational. <laughs> I'm setting myself up for disappointment, right? Not that, not that you're not a great guy. You're a cool guy. But a million? I don't know if you have a million viewers. And then A um, refers to accept the rest, accept externals, um, or actually, I actually prefer the, the Nietzschean expression, amor fati. Uh, learn to love fate. Learn to love the fate of the external world, the, the world as it stands, as it occurs. Not merely uh, accept it in a sense of kind of shrugging and going, eh, what can I do? But actually learning to love and enjoy the fact that the world is so made that you and I can exist in it. We live in an anthropic universe, apparently against all probabilities. Now, whether that's because the universe was intelligently designed for things like us to eventually evolve, or whether it's dumb luck, or whether there's an infinite number of bubble universes out there in the multiverse, you know, we can have those debates, and I actually have written about that kind of stuff. But 
uh, the fact that you and I were born, are here, can experience um, everything we have experienced up to this point, that really ought to be uh, a cause for joy and gratitude. Um, even, even when life is terrible, um, it is generally speaking uh, preferable to the alternative, generally speaking. So uh, that's the method, right? That, what's the problem? Think of it as a kind of a, think of it on a medical model, right? What's the symptom? Well, the symptom is I'm upset, I'm ill at ease, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm angry. All right, so what's the, uh, what's the diagnosis? Well, the diagnosis is the problem is in here. The problem is in your failures of self-discipline, failures to be rational, failures to apply reason appropriately. Uh, what's the prognosis? Is this terminal, Doc? Am I, do I, how many weeks do I have? No, it's actually not terminal. Uh, it can, if not be cured entirely, it can at least be managed. And uh, read Epictetus and read Marcus Aurelius and read Massimo and read Donald, read those guys. That's the, the, the facts about uh, the prognosis are, are to be found in there. And then uh, what's the cure? The cure is rationally managing yourself and emotionally and psychologically um, ceasing to resist, ceasing to be disturbed by all those things that you cannot control, which is frankly everything with the exception of the direction of your will, um, what, uh, what the Stoics called the prohoresis. I don't want to start spouting Greek terms and have your audience, you know, slip into a coma. But um, manage your faculty of deliberation and choice and uh, let the world be as it is. Because, you know, the world, <clears throat> to my knowledge, the world never asked me to solve it or fix it. And um, I'm pretty sure I can't do it anyway. So I'll, I'll just try and manage myself as best I can. That's, That's excellent. No, I love it. Uh, I love the the... So IDEA, and that's uh, we're coming up on the 30-minute mark, so we're going to start to wrap up. But um, I just want to point out that for for my viewers, we often talk about the archer metaphor, and yep. so much of what you just discussed, while what you discussed is very much the same kind of process, um, right. and a, and a, a real, and this is what stoicism provides. It's a recipe, or uh, it's it's a it's a it's a process through which you can experience thriving in really any circumstance or situation or in most everyday circumstances and situations. So as we're wrapping up, William, um, I, I would love for the viewers here and, and my audience, wherever they're watching this, to be able to connect with you elsewhere. Where, where should people connect with you in the digital sphere? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of contacts on LinkedIn. You can connect with me on Facebook. I've got an academia.edu page uh, where you can read pretty much everything I've ever published. There are links to the two books. Uh, on, you got to pay to see those, but yeah, the, the articles are all free. Um, so yeah, uh, I hope people will feel free to, uh, to contact me and uh, ask me whatever they want or offer me suggestions. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm struggling along with this just like everybody else. If you've got a good idea of something I should read, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, can I make just one quick uh, sure. comment about, about Buddhism? I also sort of tried to embrace Buddhism, and I, didn't, I got the monkey mind. I was not a good uh, Buddhist meditator. I think a lot of people, if you're, if you're sort of trying to understand Buddhism, I think Stoicism will be enormously helpful in doing that. 
Uh, I wrote this other paper called Roman Buddha, a lot of, I've, I've sent to a lot of people, in which I argue that Epictetus is close to, not identical to, but close to the Roman equivalent of, or the Western equivalent of the Buddha. And then in terms of practical counsel, um, Buddhism and Stoicism are, are very, very similar. Not identical, not entirely interchangeable, very similar. So if you want to understand Buddhism, Stoicism will help. If you want to understand Stoicism and you're already comfortable with Buddhism, I suspect you're going to find a lot of overlap there. So um, I, I always encourage Buddhists to read Stoicism, and I encourage Stoics to read Buddhism. Yeah, very much so. It's, I mean, the, the Stoicism in some ways, I think, appeals to Westerners just because it's part of our historical tradition or, you know, philosophical tradition and the Buddhism, um, you know, perhaps makes more sense um, to those that live in the Eastern hemisphere. But regardless, they're both very, they come to some very uh, similar conclusions about some big topics. I think uh, it's definitely worthwhile to dive into both as deeply as you can. Well, thank you, William uh, Ferriola, for, for joining us here today. It was a very engaging conversation. I learned a lot. I love the IDEA approach. I'm going to encourage everybody to rewatch that section and uh, attempt to, to put that up against, uh, position that up against the Archer metaphor and, and put it into your daily routine. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Remember that the wisdom that William Ferriolo just imparted and shared is useless until you go out and use it. So go out there and do better for more. And we'll see you next time here on Meet the Modern Stoics. Thank you so much, William. Thank you. I appreciate the interview very much. Did you enjoy this episode of Meet the Modern Stoics? Then help me spread the stoic goodness and leave a five-star review on iTunes. Tell a friend about the podcast or email me at scott at thestoicguitars.com. Tell me what you think or who I should have on next. It's always great to hear from you. Remember, you can access all of the video versions of these interviews at thestoicguitarist.com. And while you're there, grab the free resource guide and checklist on how to become a bulletproof creative and a thriving artist in any endeavor or enterprise. Thanks for tuning in and for your support and participation. See you next time, fate permitting.